as we look at this uh, class and the whole curriculum for the class, and we're here on day one, and it's the end of the day, it's seventh period, right? Now, I want to leave you with something that, for me, frames out the entire class. It's, it's why we're here, and it's a, basically a biblical foundation for what I teach and what this class is, right? This worldview, this philosophy class. Um, it comes from 2 Kings chapter 6. You don't have to get a Bible out right now. and There'll be Bibles out in the future. You can pull your phone out or whatever eventually. But right now, just listen to this story. It's story time. At the beginning of chapter 6, there's this guy who's using an axe, and the head of the axe, which is metal, flies into some water. What happens when axe head goes in water? It sinks. And then the prophet, Elijah, walks over, prays, and the thing flows to the top of the water. Axe head floating on water. Really? Is that real? You have to decide. You don't have to answer right now. But if it's not... This whole thing's a joke, isn't it? Like, it's a fantasy story. We can learn a metaphor from it. Okay, is that what we do at Wheaton Academy? We do some metaphor. It's great. Most people here believe that a metal axe had actually floated on water. We are now, day one, entering insanity. Like, this is nuts, right? You're going to read later, if you haven't read this, like, there's a guy who actually walks on a lake, and then his buddy does the same thing. Dead people coming back to life. Donkeys talking for crying out loud. If we're going to have a Christ-centered, ready, biblical worldview, what the heck, right? What does it take to make that sustainable, to actually believe this stuff is true, and it was true then and can still be true and is true when? Today. Your phone falls in the water. What could you do? Have it float to the top. Right? Come on, right? Yeah, okay. It's just something to consider. Where's your worldview? Like, you might say you have a biblical worldview. Do you? Something to chew on. And I want to keep going here. The, the story then continues. The king of Aram was at war with Israel. And after conferring with his ossifers, he said, I'll set up my camp in such and such a place. The man of God sent word to the king of Israel, beware of passing that place because the Arameans are going down there. So the king of Israel checked in the place indicated by the man of God. Time and again, Elisha warned the king so that he was on his guard in such places. This enraged the king of Aram. I love that sentence. He is pissed off, right? He's trying to kill the Israelites. So the Arameans are trying to kill the Israelites and they're like, eh, 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 they, they can't get him. It's like this cat and mouse game. And the Aramean king's like, what the heck? Who's the snitch? Who's telling him so that they move? And the guy's like, none of us, my lord, the king. Like one of the ossifers. I, I know it's officer, but ossifer is just really fun. Although if you get pulled over, don't say, hi, ossifer. Like that won't be fun. Anyways, um, I want to challenge you here to consider this. None of us, my lord, the king, said one of his officers. But Elisha, the prophet in Israel, tells the king of Israel the very words you speak in your bedroom. Now, that's not why I'm reading this. <laughs> what did God just do? God just told some other dude what the king is doing in his bedroom. What he says in his bedroom. By the way, could God still do that? Yeah, that's probably why a lot of people actually aren't Christians. They don't want a God that can do that. Because he can't. Good thing he's loving and kind. Otherwise... What a tyrannical mess this would be. He could share any, he knows everything he could share with other people and does. Woo, holy cow. 
All right, that's not even why we're here. Okay, um, go find out where he is, said the king, so I can send men and capture him. The report came back. He's in Dothan, and he sent horses and chariots, a strong force there, and they surrounded the city at night. Imagine today at 3 o'clock, the bell rings. You go out to your car, and as you leave the building, there are Navy SEALs, military forces, guns, all to get you. Now, you'd probably take them all out. I get that. But imagine, imagine an army surrounding Wheaton Academy to get you, to kill you. Yeah? Might that create a little anxiety? Look what the guy says. He gets his, Gehezi, I think is his name. He gets his one big liner. <laughs> oh, my Lord, what shall we do? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Translators, come on. Holy die, right? Like, oh, God, like, what am I, like, I'm going to die. He's freaking out. His big one line. When the man, when the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh, my Lord, what shall we do? He is physically what right now? Physically, how does he feel? Well, first off, you may not know, but he's at least expressing anxiety, which is a big word nowadays. Anxiety and fear. He's freaked out. I always picture him in his little robe. He's getting his, like, espresso and bagel. And he's like, oh, army to get us. Oh, my. Oh, God. What are we going to do? Right? And he, like, wets his robe because he's scared. Right? Like, whatever. And then you got to look at this next thing. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Does he need to go to math class? Like, it's Gehazi and Elisha. And an army. Is it a little cute little Bible metaphor? God's on our side. I mean, is that what he's saying? It may be, but actually, it's not really what he's saying. He's saying there are more with us than with them. But it's two. And then Elijah prays another prayer. And here's, here's the prayer for the class. Here's what I want you to consider. All right? This guy is standing right here. You have to keep in mind, I mean, this is Elisha's TA. Does he believe in Yahweh? Does he believe in God? Yeah, does he believe in supernatural things? He must. He's following Elisha around. An axe head just floated. You have to consider this. That would be like at Wheaton Academy, right? Uh, Brad Musso's TA. Hogan's TA. Someone who loves Jesus and is in. This is a believer. And he's freaked out. Elisha's standing, what, 18 inches away? He's right there, close enough to hear. And he says this prayer. Now, he could say, especially in the Old Testament, hey God, come in and kill them all. Could he pray that? Like, come and rescue us. Could he pray that? Does that make sense? Could he also pray, give me Samson's strength so I can kill them all. Could he do that? Like, those are all, like, natural Old Testament types of prayers. You know what he says? Oh, Lord, Open his eyes so he can see. If you didn't catch why that's weird, why is he freaked out? Because he can what? See, the dude's not blind. <clears throat> he, his eyes are open. He can see an army. And Elisha says, Oh God, open his, oh God, open his already open eyes so he can see. And look what happened. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, 
and he looked and he saw the hills were filled with horses and chariots of fire. God's army had surrounded the army that's surrounding them. Why was Elisha not scared? Yes, honestly, very seriously, what changed? Did that army show up all of a sudden? No, it was what? It was already there. That's why Elisha's what? Fine. Because he sees, oh, there's an army. Hi, guys. Gabriel, Michael, how's it going, guys? Woo, thanks for being here. Like, his, ready? i got to catch this. His world view, his view of the world is the arm, the material army in front of him, is it real? Yeah. Is the spiritual army behind them real? Yeah. That's his worldview. Elisha's what? How's his emotional state? Fine. Because of his what? Worldview. Worldview. Right here, a servant, and actually for Wheaton Academy's community, one that already believes in God. How's he doing when he woke up that morning? Freaked out. He had anxiety and fear because of his what? Worldview. His view of the world. And what changed to give him peace? His what? Worldview. That's this class. I mean, it really is. Spiritual reality, material. Reality. They're both real. This guy, though, was kind of stuck in only seeing the material and missed the fact that there's a whole spiritual reality. Read the rest of the story. They were fine. The angel army took care of it all. Right? Now, you may not believe this book is true. That's fine. I'm teaching it as though it is. And even if it's not, it's a cool metaphor. But I actually believe it's real. Like, I believe that the angel army, that same one, could be where right now? Right, uh, surrounding our school. Could it? Could there be an angel sitting right here? Now, for real, could there be an angel in this chair? Yeah. You don't have to believe that. Does that make sense? It's worldview class. You don't have to believe it. But at this school, in this class, at the end of the semester, I'm going to invite you into a biblical worldview, Right? And is that part of a biblical worldview? Angels? Hello, Christmas? You know, like, angels are real, uh, right? They could be in the hallways. I like to joke, like Jesus is going like, the disciples are following Jesus, and he's like going like this. And they're like, oh, the flies must be bad. And he's actually like, Gabriel, Michael, how's it going, guys? And he's high-fiving all the angels as he walks down the road. And the disciples just can't see it. Like, what would it be like? We're talking about Christ-centered biblical worldview. Really what we want at least what I want you to have is imagine having Jesus' worldview. Jesus' view of I call them the Jesus goggles. At this one house, there's a girl who's, I think, 11 or 6, I forget. She's dead. Like, she's actually dead. But Jesus walks in and she's like, oh, she's taking a nap. <laughs> actually, they laugh at him. Then they, they, they get kicked out of the house for laughing at him. So don't laugh at Jesus <laughs> when he's being serious about death. When he sees a dead girl, he sees what? A nap. He wakes her up. He says, Talitha Kumi, get up. She gets up. The Pharisees, we talked about this in Shakespeare class, a bunch of them had rocks to throw on a woman. And they called her a whore, an adulterer. 
Their view of her? Kill her. She's evil and a sinner. Jesus' worldview? Covers her up, calls her daughter. Right? He sees a storm. Shut up, storm! And storm's like, oh, sorry. Like, what's his worldview? I mean, you don't have to raise your hand, but I can probably guess that many of you have been told or invited into being more like Jesus. Great! I want that for you as well. I'm trying to be more like Jesus. Well, what's his worldview? How does he see the world? How does he see people? When you leave and the bell rings, are there angels in the hall? Actually, let's, let's kind of hit it before the bell. I want to challenge you. What are you freaked out about right now? Oh my God, what will I do about paying for college? Or where am I going to go? Or my family just exploded over the summer. Or this jerk dumped me. Like, oh my God, what am I going to do about this class? Like, oh my God, what will I do, right? Like how many of us are like, what are I going to do? You can pray, God save me, God rescue me. Seriously, those are all great prayers. I want to add, offer you another one. Oh God, can you open my eyes so I can see where you are right now already in this? Something to consider. I actually want to invite you into that for this semester. Oh God, open my eyes so I can see. Some of you, he may actually let you see an angel. Maybe some of you already see them. Some of you will see something powerful and supernatural. Some of you will maybe just get a presence with God. I don't know, but can you ask him to open your eyes? You're already open eyes. So you can see more of reality, more of truth. Have a nice day. See ya. <laughs> Thanks, guys. It's going to be great. Remember, uh, bring your books tomorrow. And if this is not the class for you, I love you. Bless you on your journey. There are other options, okay? But hopefully we'll see you tomorrow. Alex Benjamin. Good stuff. Kramer, Otha Oroko.